You're listening to a Big Finish production. Funny how that happens. This is the Big Finish podcast, official dissemination timestamp 8th of April in the year of the goldfish. What year is it again? The year... The year of the goldfish. Sorry, I forgot. Sorry. Goldfishes for getting... <laughs> terrible gag. Terrible gag. Cunic and Benji. Well, welcome, one and all. This, where you're sitting, is our world of audio dramaness. Drumminess. Drumminess. Who knows? Uh, such sounds will tingle your cerebral cortex. Doctor Who, Torchwood, Blake Seven, Dark Shadows, Captain Scarlet, The Prisoner, uh, Survivors, uh, The Omega Factor, Bernice Summerfield, The Time Machine, The Invisible Man, Terror Hawks. The list goes on. I'm Benji. He's Nick. Never a truer word spoken. And coming up in this podcast, our guest star interview is with Arthur Darville, who you may know as Rory from the Matt Smith era of Doctor Who. It seems so long ago now. It's ridiculous. He's guest starring in this month's Torchwood full cast reunion, Believe. By the way, here's the trailer for that. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions, Torchwood. Believe. 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 This is my message to the world. The stars are waiting. They think that mankind is at a dead end here on Earth and that we should leave it all behind. Go away. Just go away. My name is Gwen Cooper. I'm here to help. You're such an idiot. Every step of the way you've made it worse. Look at what we've done here. They've been listening for years. And watching and waiting. We need to look into this. I'm from out there. I've seen the future they're talking about. Lived it. Don't give up on this. That's what they're stealing from these people. Lives. Do you think you deserve the stars? I just... Everyone has their secrets, don't they? The universe provides. The universe is home. We are made from stars. And stars return. I am the future! Praise Captain Jack Harkness. Big finish. We love stories. You're Torchwood! Oh, no, so secret. Yes, yes, we are. Can't believe it, or rather I can. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. And our 15-minute drama tease for today is Doctor Who The Monthly Adventures, starring Peter Davison as the fifth Doctor, The Heliax Rift, which features Blake Harrison as Lieutenant Daniel Hopkins, a new character from Unit, set to be involved in a number of adventures with a number of Doctors. Here's a trailer for that. Halt! Don't move! Oh, that's all I need. Hands in the air! Now! Coming soon from Big Finish Productions. Doctor Who. The Heliax Rift. Look at you. You're beautiful. Incredible. This world's never seen anything like you. That's it. Closer now. Closer. Where are you? I think we found something, sir. A police box. It's just standing in the middle of the woods. Police box. That's all we need. Well, this is all terribly civilised, isn't it? Guns and orders and shoving. It's almost like I've never been away. Trap three to Greyhound meter. 
Fallen Kestrel has been located. Repeat, Fallen Kestrel has been located. Over. I'm presuming Fallen Kestrel is some kind of spacecraft, yes? Nothing gets past you, does it? My name's Lieutenant Hopkins. I'm Unit Acting Medical Officer. And what exactly is Unit? We're a specialist task force that deals with extraterrestrial intervention. Uh, I'm with Unit 2, by the way. I, I'm also an alien. Put that down! We'll take our time with this one. Soon all your secrets will be revealed to us. Big finish. We love stories. Well, this isn't playing out exactly as I'd hoped. And the Heliax Rift by Scott Hancock is out later this month. And don't forget, this podcast also features all of your old favourites, big oh. finished news, listeners' oh. emails, the oh. randomoid selectatron, <laughs> and a roundup of our latest releases. Oh. So, time now for us to smarten up our act, <coughs> put on our posh clothes, and uh, sit up straight in front of the microphones. Ah. Yes, it's only the ruddy big finished news, Benji. Righto. And it's a big finished news section full of previews. We featured the sixth doctor, the eighth doctor, the fourth doctor, and some very, very early news on our big finished original, The Human Frontier. First up, the sixth doctor returns in June with Iron Bright, a historical adventure by Chris Chapman, who also wrote uh, The Middle, which is rather yes. popular. I don't know whether you heard the uh, And this is starring, of course, Colin Baker. Here's the trailer. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions, Doctor Who, Iron Bright. Isambard Kingdom, Brunel? Please. Only my mother calls me that, and only when I have transgressed. Uh, Mr. Brunel will suffice. Now please pick up your pace. Daylight is several more step ladders away. What is that? Oh, Spectre. Good Lord. She is real. The blue lady. She's coming to dinner. So this is... 1827, 1828? It's 1828, and you, sir, appear to be a lunatic. Uh, yeah. And that would mean... Gracious, you're digging the Thames Tunnel. The first tunnel excavated beneath a river. A marvellous feat of engineering. Uh, if we ever finish it. Uh, and it's... Haunted? It is not haunted. Oh, this is madness. Quiet! Quiet! Everyone, listen! This tunnel is under imminent threat from an electronically charged energy being. Oh, do speak English, man. Have it your own way. This tunnel is haunted. We must evacuate immediately. Is someone down the wrong, Spirit? This is for Elena. We don't know Elena. Big finish. We love stories. And coming up in July, we return to the time war struggles of the Eighth Doctor, Paul McGann. It's a box that I'm actually currently working on. Great fun. Really full of some smashing stuff. And here's the trailer. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions. 
Doctor Who, The Eighth Doctor, The Time War, Volume 2. So I look at these thick glass walls, the jungle out there, the creatures that roam through it, the layer after layer of things to keep me confined, and I wonder. I must have been the most evil man in the universe. They've taken away my past, my future, my whole life. It's all gone! Why do you think you were sent to Skaro to prevent their creation? If you'd carried out your mission, the Time War would have been averted. Instead, every death that has resulted is the result of your cowardice. What are you doing here? Blowing up this entire submarine and everyone on it. <laughs> A little old lady. Sweetness in twin set and pearls. Don't be fooled, Bliss. She's one of the most dangerous villains in the universe. You are to be exterminated! Uh, look, if we're about to totally explode, I'm not sure swimming's gonna help. This will be just the start. The first of hundreds of worlds, thousands. You're a near immortal renegade from beyond the stars. Far be it from me to take you off, but your war is over. Big finish. We love stories. Coming very, very soon is the second box set of Series 7 of the Fourth Doctor Adventures. We've already had the first box set out. They're also available individually. Uh, here's an extended preview feature, including cast interviews and clips. Possibly beyond exciting. Hey, it's Tom Baker here, Doctor Who. Come on, let's have a bit of a peep about. I do not wish to see yet another strange city. This isn't strange. Not strange like that last time, anyway. This is London, though it is worryingly quiet. Still, never mind. Perhaps it's Sunday. Now, a big finish. You know, we have these good stories, all of them preposterous, of course, because lots of the very best stories are utterly preposterous. And that's thanks to Big Finish, we lead this idyllic life when we come down here into the studio with these scripts and the special effects and things like that. And we laugh from morning until night. I just love it. My name is Catherine Bailey and I'm playing Maddox. I've seen you on the monitors, but I don't know you. This is Leela. She's with the doctor. Greetings. The tall chap with the hat and scarf. Yes, I spotted them earlier. It's all recorded on the tape log. Mm, unexpected visitors. My name's Louise Jameson and I play Leela, warrior of the Sever team to Tom Baker's Doctor. You think it's dead? We couldn't have survived that explosion. You didn't have any choice, Doctor. Like you. Perhaps. Isn't that amazing about Doctor Who in general? I mean, this story in particular may be, but the way the writers throw up these dilemmas. Is it less a sacrifice for greater gain? It's a big question. Strike! Everyone get back! <sighs> Run for it! Excellent advice! Come on, Leela! Thank you, Fanshawe! You don't need to tell me again, sir! Hello, I'm Nick Briggs, and I'm the director of The Bad Penny. It's got that feeling of everyone being slightly wrong-footed, with something unfathomable going on, and the normal sort of surface being subverted into something crazy, which is what, you know, Doctor Who does really well. I think there's a real um, flavour of that other lovely series, Sapphire and Steel, in it. There's definitely that going on. It's my ideal state of innocence, really. You know, these, these sweet stories, which are very violent, and yet, isn't it interesting, our violence doesn't disgust. It, it's, it's just so neat. I think from the classic series, the episodes that stick in my mind, which I had on VHS when I was a kid, like the Robots of Death or the Talons of Wang Chiang, 
that whole period is, is very quite sort of I can hear lines that ping out that are sort of good uh, that are good ones to hang 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 dialogue off and uh, and obviously having worked with Tom and Luke quite a bit now as well I sort of knew what that dynamic was so yeah it's been very enjoyable and I can sit there in front of my laptop and quite happily talk to myself in uh, <laughs> in those characters voices Keith Barron Lord Tulip would you believe I've had years to build my empire my reality out of the squalid foundations that Ronald currently inhabits. To burn it all down and start again? Oh. Of course, my mind is sharp. When you read it initially, you think, what? What, what is this? And then it all kind of fits together, which again I like, you know. He and I are exactly the same age. Yeah, he's, he's great. Hello, I'm David Richardson. I'm the producer of The Fourth Doctor Adventures. Sutek had been on my list of villains to use in The Fourth Doctor Adventures right from the very start when we first started working with Tom. Kill the Doctor! Kill the Doctor! Kill the Doctor! This is getting ridiculous. Sutek, of course, played by Gabriel Wolf, is behind it all, and he's got big ideas. In fact, the biggest ideas of any villain we've ever had, I think. They heard Renanet, they heard you, and they had to obey. But of course they did. Nobody can resist the will of Sutek. In this story, there's a real streak of nastiness in this story, which I think is very... Uh, it's a good next step for Sutek, because he does all this suspending people in agony, but this kind of, you know, uh, forcing people to sacrifice themselves. I think it's very, very powerful. My name is Gabriel Wolfe, and I'm playing the part of Sutek. Once my plans are realised... There will be no future. Oh, these things are relative. So you're behind Renanet, are you? Doesn't seem your sort of thing, fashion and celebrity gossip. Oh, it is much more than that, Doctor. And the second box set of the fourth Doctor Adventures Series 7 will be released next month. That's May 2018. Uh, coming up now, though, a very early preview chat about one of our big Finnish originals. As you know, Attergirl, the story of women pilots in the Second World War, is out this month. Uh, it's the first of our Big Finish originals, but come next August, the final release of our Big Finish originals range will be zooming your way. And it's called The Human Frontier. And it's by this chap over here, Nick Briggs. Nick, tell us a little bit about it. Okay, well, uh, very little has been said so far. Here's the premise. Um, about a hundred years from now, a very rich, powerful man decides to embark upon a top-secret project which could save the human race. Things are not going well on Earth. And he sees our only chance of survival being colonisation of another world. To that end, he spends a vast fortune on finding a suitable planet and sending a sleeper ship to it. The journey will take a thousand years, but it should pass in the wink of an eye for the crew. But does it? And just why, when the crew finally awakens, do they find other human beings already at their destination? That's all I'm saying for now. Except that I'm writing it. Oh, I'm doing it now. I'm doing it now. Doing it, Sybil. I'm doing. That sounds really good. I like it. You know, when you were reading that out, my mind was full of images and thoughts and tantalising things. But also, the way you started it made it sound like you were predicting the future. 
<laughs> yes. About a hundred years from now. <laughs> uh, and on I that... see in my crystal ball. Oh, yes. The tides of time are moving. The eye of time, brother. Uh, <laughs> and on that tantalising bombshell, the Big Finish news has come to an end. That's right. So why not? Let's send it on a sleeper ship out into the cosmos. And who knows where it, where, where it will end up. It could even end up inside your broom cupboard. Well, as the news has just ended, uh, my family have just come back from seeing the changing of the guard. Um, Did they enjoy it? Bucking Pat. Did you enjoy it, Ben? Tell us about the changing. Yes. Yes? It, it was quite long. Was it? And we didn't stay for all of it because at the ending, uh, it, was, it was really, really, really crowded. Oh. Neither of us could see. And it, there was music that we didn't like going on. Thank you for that report from Buckingham Palace. Um, <laughs> don't forget that coming up soon is our guest star interview with actor Arthur Darville. A lovely chat between him and prolific Big Finish writer, director, producer Scott Hancock. But in the meantime, brace yourselves for listeners' emails. Need I say how much I love emails? Well, I'll say it now. I love them. They're simply flipping lovely. And you can join in by emailing us at podcast at bigfinish.com. That's P-O-D-cast at B-I-G-Fin-ish.com. So, first up, this is one here from Duncan Watkins. Hi, Nick and Benji. My name is Duncan. I love Big Finish and I live in Alabama. Nick, your adaptation for The Prisoner is amazing. I've listened to both volumes multiple times. I have two questions, one for each of you. Okay. Benji, what hardware would you recommend for starting a podcast slash making a low-budget audio drama? Shall I answer this one now and then we'll move on? So what would I recommend? Well, there's there's lots of ways you can do it, depending on what you've got. If, If... if you want the easiest way of doing it, you can get some great apps for like iPads and iPhones, which actually you can produce podcasts on. So that's a great way of if if you want to test the waters with with making a podcast. What what are they called? Some of these. So there's a uh, there's a great app actually out there called Boss Jock Studio, which um which you can get on the App Store, and it's kind of a great. It's got lots of fun features, so you can obviously record your voice on there. Um, it's also got little things as well, like you can cue in sort of little, like we have the, the intros, the things, you can cue in music and things like that, and then right through to exporting it as a, a stereo file or a mono file uh, for your oh. audience. Um, alternatively, if you wanted to, to go down the route of, of doing it with with gear, um, I would recommend uh, a setup of get an audio interface for your computer, which is like a little box that you can plug a microphone into. Um, so you, they're made by companies uh, ranging from companies like M Audio uh, or uh, Tascam uh, 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 com- and companies like that. Fairly inexpensive. You can get a lot of really good starter ones, and also um, get a microphone like something like an uh, SM58, um, which is a, a real the workhorse of the microphone. Is everywhere these classic ones. That's a really good starter setup. Or alternatively, get something like a handheld recorder. But there's lots of different ways to do it, depending on how you want to do it. But the best thing is, look at your price range and, and, and work out what's best for you, really. But good luck. Hmm. That was QVC with Benji there, selling <laughs> lots of um, But yeah, as well as that for audio drama as well, uh, get uh, that's a good 
you know, SM58 is a good microphone um, for that as well because you can record things like instruments, voices, uh, and also effects and things like that. So it's, it's a, a, a real uh, range of different things. But yeah, so this is question number two. This is for Nick. Um, there's little it's a two part, part question, question oh, in this yeah. one. So question one of this box set is uh, how do you get yourself motivated to write? Uh, that's a difficult question to answer. Um, you know, there's a lot of chat about writers saying the difficulty of being able to write. Like Douglas Adams famously had to be sort of kidnapped and put in a hotel room and locked in by his publishers to get him to deliver on a book. And uh, I've, someone once, I remember a comment by a writer saying, why, why doesn't my wife understand that staring aimlessly out of the window is all part of my preparation? <laughs> And there, and it's true, there is a lot of thinking time, really. But I kind of do that when I'm doing other things. You know, if I'm driving or on a rail journey, although mostly on rail journeys, I'm actually writing. But I don't find it too difficult myself. The way I make it work is that I have several writing projects on the go. And so when I'm finding one a bit sticky, I, I go uh, to another one. And then when I when I sort of grind to a halt on that I, I then am inspired on the other one and I go back to that so it's by multitasking that I do it but I do find I mean I was uh, I remember Michael Stevens who was working I think for Audio Go or BBC Audio then but and, and has now does the BBC Audio Connect collection he did say to me when I first met him how do you come up with all those ideas and my instant reply was well I, I, how do I stop myself I can't help it I'm constantly it's one of my problems a sort of workaholism that <laughs> whenever I try to stop and relax I immediately just start thinking of stories and scripts you know um so yeah I mean Colin Baker said to me I imagine the blank page does holds no terror for you Nick and I said no that that's pretty pretty much it um you know I'm not saying that it's easy peasy lemon squeezy and I just go whoosh 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 and it's all fine that's absolutely not the case but yeah um you know it's it's the best thing in many ways it's it's entering a world of imagination and uh, unlike real life if you say it happens, it happens. <laughs> That's, for me, a lot of the attraction of writing. Although it's difficult. The, your problem is going from that initial idea to making it in some way credible, even though most of what I write is, as Tom Baker would say, preposterous, because it's science <laughs> fiction and fantasy. But it's, it's the challenge is to make that preposterousness have a ring of truth about it, enough for people to go along with you. And I don't think I've ever had anyone, uh, even in the worst reviews I've had, and there have been a number, say, you know, this is utterly unbelievable. Um, so well, that's good. Right. What's the second part of the question? So the second part of the question is, would it be possible to read a big finished script, brackets here, and um, we'll just stroke the microphone there. Um, oh, like nice. one of the Prisoner episodes from Volume 1 or 2. Uh, your audio dramas are my favourite, brackets, especially the Cyberman series and, of course, The Prisoner. If not, I totally understand. Uh, thank you for taking your time uh, and uh, I'll make sure to back up! Um, <laughs> yes. There we are. Oh, well, that's an interesting question uh, from Duncan there because it's, of course, it's possible to read a big finished script. I mean, if you bought The Prisoner from us, um, it's available. The prisoner scripts are available as downloads as part of the package of when you buy it. 
Um, and also my thing, the Martian Invasion of Earth, my adaptation of The War of the Worlds. You can, as part of the uh, download extras, you can download the script and also a very early version of the script, which is really quite different. So that might be an interesting one for you to see how my ideas evolved. Um, so yes, and on all the main range um, Doctor Who monthly adventures releases all have the scripts available. So it's very easy to read a Big Finish script if you if you buy your Big Finish from bigfinish.com. There we go. Well, thank you ever so much for writing in. Before we go on to the next um, email, I want to have a look at my official Facebook page because I invited people to write in some things. They're also writing in for the Benji and Nick Show podcast, which unfortunately I completely forgot to read those out. But anyway, <laughs> we'll do those in the next uh, Benji and Nick show which you can find at nicholasbriggs.com by the way um which is benji and i just having a good old natter about uh, all sorts of tangential things um but what have we got here well it reached over two thousand people uh those of the benji and nick show i ask people to put b and n or bfp uh big finish podcast brishany schlossky yeah here we go uh, so I just stumbled upon the fact that there were plans for a sequel to the 12th Doctor episode Sleep No More before, ultimately, the Empress of Mars was created instead. Oh, right. I see. Uh, that got me thinking about sequels to uh, Doctor Who not exactly planned two-parters, but more like the Curse of Peladon and the Monster of Peladon where some time has passed between producing the episodes. I'm curious if you could add a sequel to any episode of Doctor Who that doesn't yet have one in any other media, uh, which episode would it be and why? Benji, what do you think? Oh, gosh, that's really um, that's really thrown me, that has, actually. Well, don't forget, I said a while back that I'm actually writing a sequel to Death of the Daleks. The dream, isn't it? That is, yeah, it's that called is The Dalek the... Protocol, and it's it's set partially on Exelon, and it happens some while after the events of Death of the Daleks, but I would say it's definitely a sequel. That is a, a dream sequel right there. I'm just trying to search my, my mind now, because there has... You know, when you watch things, you do... Sometimes you think, oh, this could, this could easily carry on and be really interesting... But um, I'll come back to that one. Can I okay. come back to that? Is that yeah, is yeah. That a good well, idea? if you remember, if you don't, well, you've lost uh, your chance, haven't you? I always remember. I always um, remember. Uh, Har- N. Harold Gervais says, uh, "Hi guys, uh, would uh, what would the interest be in a master-specific anthology-style release, sort of like the classic Doctor's New Monsters box set?" You all certainly have enough masters running around now to make at least one. <laughs> Thanks, and long may the two of you make the pod of cast. Ooh, always Written pod in the four thirty in the morning here, so please don't mock spelling or syntax too brutally. Wow, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a good idea. Nothing planned at the moment, but I would never rule that out. As Simon Frisbee says, "Have you considered doing the Greek myths such as Jason and the Argonauts, etc.?" That has often come up, often suggested by. Um, Scott Hancock, actually, yeah. Hmm. Well, who else? Jay Barry says Yasmin Bannerman, who played Roz in the Doctor Who audios and Dana in the Blake Seven audios, was in a Torchwood TV story. They keep killing Susie as a character called Di Kathy Swanson and didn't die at the end of the episode. Could she return for another audio story? Di didn't also die. Looking- yeah. 
DI didn't die. Yeah. Also, looking forward to hearing the 12th in the second 8th Doctor Time War set. Oh, yes, the character of the 12th. Um, no plans for that, but I'll mention that to James Goss, see what he thinks. Okay, talking of sequels, I, I did suddenly think, I was trying to think of things that were left in, in a way in a, in a way in which you could explore a sequel. And I did think to myself, well, maybe something like Genesis of the Daleks. I know it's another Dalek story, but it's, it's very firmly sets out because it ends in such a, a way. It's, you know, there's nothing else we can really do here. This is it. The Daleks have sort of won in a way. And, mm. um, but it does make me wonder, you know, there's, a lot, there's lots of stuff going on on there. The Daleks building themselves into a, a, an organised force, I suppose. So I quite like... It'd be utterly boring to anybody else watching, but I like the idea of just, just working, seeing that all working out and seeing how it all comes to be. Yeah, interesting. Uh, Tom Boone, with his uh, tongue firmly in his cheek, I think, says, with the novel adaptations shelved and the comic strip adaptation plans being laid out, has Big Finish considered adapting the Weetabix board games? <laughs> each board game had a different theme, so there could be lots of variety in each episode. Actually, I don't think he is joking. And at crucial points in the action, the Doctor could get distracted trying to decipher a secret message from the Timeless. On the strength of the Big Finish podcast, I'm confident that you could get a four-CD box set out of help the help from Bilal card alone yes which that <laughs> card has been given to me by someone at a Doctor Who convention what yeah. did you wasn't it found on the floor like it was a really uh, weird thing oh yeah it was like handed to you yes. from the floor it was anyway there was a little interlude from uh, from Facebook on to the next email it's from Nissa McKinnon Good uh, dear Nick and Benji, I hope that this email finds you in the best of health for you and yours, plus everyone who you work with crafting the finest audio dramas this side of the galaxy. I was listening to your latest Big Finish podcast just a few moments into said podcast. You came up with the whole infamous discussion. Well, a discussion about said word. I was immediately reminded of the 1986 movie The Three Amigos, a film that I enjoyed when I was much younger. In it, our three heroes, out-of-work actors, receive a request to deal with the infamous bandit. Not being very bright, the three think they are being asked to appear as their on-screen characters. They debate the meaning of infamous, deciding that it must mean that he is so famous that he is in famous <laughs> <laughs> now that i think about it it's kind of like a western galaxy quest set in mexico <laughs> uh, galaxy quest great movie i'm sure that i have butchered the scene but i did enjoy the movie i don't know if it holds up but good cast have you seen the three amigos i've never seen I've not no i've no. not sorry nissa uh, keep up the good works thank you much lee for your shows yours in time nissa mckinnon not that nissa but inspired by that Nissa. Nissa, are you the Nissa that I met at um, Chicago last year? That was a Nissa as well. We had a sort of debate about the first Doctor adventures. Hmm. Anyway, thanks for writing in, Nissa. Write in some more. And finally, here's one from Matt Mayhew. Hi, Nick and Benji. Having just listened to your latest podcast, I agree with you on that majority of sport is boring and I hated it when I went to school. <laughs> I glaze over at work when my colleagues talk about the weekend's football match, though I have found sport more interesting since uni and working. 
though I only mm-hmm. watch rugby. I blame uh, working with loads of Welsh colleagues for that. Uh, the diving, swimming and figure skating and possibly because of the technicality of the sports. You know, I did have a sport moment when um, it was on the way what? back from Chicago TARDIS, actually, where um, I had a really long gap between when I arrived at the airport and when my plane yeah. was going to take off. So I ended up, because O'Hare hasn't got many places to sit, really. Uh, so no. I found this little... I found this little bar. Um, <laughs> Did this you? sort of beer, ale Love bar. This. And I, saw, I sat down and I thought, right, it's a late flight, so I can just chill. But anyway, I sat there and, and they had loads of American football on. And I have to admit, I did find myself, after a while, getting quite into it and quite involved and, and, and watching wow. it. And, and despite the fact that I don't really know any of the rules, I quite like the way it flowed. It's, it's something I don't, I don't know if I'd, I'd ever actively watch it, but I have to admit, in that, in that moment, um, I was thoroughly enjoying it. Uh, well, to be fair to sport, I think that it is more interesting than staring into space and doing nothing. Well, no, staring into space, the stars, that'd be more interesting. But but staring at a blank wall, say, I think sport's more interesting than that. Very much so, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. my compliment to I think sport. that makes <laughs> I think that makes sense. I like sport. I like tonight on BBC One. Either stare at a blank wall or watch the football. You decide. <laughs> press press red button for wall time. Um, <laughs> I, the only time I like football is the World Cup, in which I love it um, because I like the, I like the nope. I like the competitive nope. spirit of <laughs> no no not listening nope, not, not listening. It. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not That's driving when it a gets mini metro. really boring where everyone goes mad about sports. You see, like people like you who don't like sport and then they go mad about it because it's the World Cup. That's even more annoying to me. <laughs> you think, so you oh, know, for goodness sake, you traitors. <laughs> stop stop talking about football players. We say, I don't care. I hope we lose very quickly and then it'll all be over and everyone will shut up. And then, yeah, and then you're not forced to go to the pub and have to sit in silence. Oh, well, that's the other thing. You go to perfectly nice places and then suddenly they're just full of people going, Aah! every now and again, randomly, because they're watching some awful piece of sport on the telly. People get so violent about sport, don't they? Mind you, I'm not being that laid back about not liking it so <laughs> well the only thing i think is it the, the the bar gets crowded which means it's harder to uh harder to get a drink which always yeah, that's annoying it's yeah. always unsettling but anyway that was that was a rather vicious rant on sport there but back to the email uh, anyway back to big finish it says here i've just finished listening to the first six series of fourth doctor adventures and have wow. enjoyed them immensely with the cuthbert adventures destroy the infinite wave of destruction the trouble of drax the beast of kravenos and the skin of the sleek slash the thief who stole time being my favourites. I like how in the last two you've created Romana's equivalent of the master in Satya. Any chances or of Satya appearing again, maybe in a Gallifrey release perhaps? Uh, and will there be more Romana and Fourth Doctor adventures after the current run of Leela and the next series of Anne Kelso stories? Also, any chance of a Drax spin-off given the events of the trouble of Drax. Looking forward to more adventures in space and time. Matt, sent from the dark partition of the Matrix via the temporal enclave on Gryben. Very nice. <laughs> Wonder where that is. Um, oh, it's just around uh, the corner, Nick. Oh, Past the industrial estate, uh, over uh, underneath the gasworks, uh, and near the co-op. 
Um, yes. Uh, no plans for that character to return or indeed be in Gallifrey. Um, yes, Romana will return. Uh, yeah, no plans for a Drax series. I think it was called The Trouble with Drax, not The Trouble of Drax. But I, I thought wrong. it was The Trouble with Drax. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Who, but am I, who am I to question the title, you know? Exactly, exactly, yeah. So there you go. And now, just a quick reminder of our competition, which is still running. If you want to get your hands on the latest great adventure of the Briggs Earl Holmes Watson team up, all you have to do is answer this question in the big finish release of The Hound of the Baskervilles. Who played Sir Henry Baskerville and what is his what is his connection to the famous British TV series uh, The Avengers um, and this is to win um, the Master of Blackstone Grange uh, answers in an email to podcast at bigfinish.com with the subject line indubitably the closing date is the 13th of April in the space year 2018 exciting stuff uh, could even be you uh, <laughs> the point there but that is the end of the emails thanks to everybody that's emailed in uh, as always keep them coming please uh, podcast at bigfinish.com we love to hear from you and we're sorry if we didn't get round to to answering your email but who knows it could be next week so could, on that note yeah. i'm going to get my bow and arrow out wrap it on a little note wrap it around the edge and don't know what that last bit was it's gone out the window it's off yep it's just gone north of sherwood forest that was, uh, well, I don't think that is where Sher- Sher- uh, Sherwood Forest is, actually. Where I'm well, luckily, people don't know where you're pointing. It's fine. This is, this is the just magic pretend of you're uh, pointing audio. In the right yeah. just, just imagine I'm, yeah. Imagine I know what, imagine I know so, where a direction is. Say it is so, and they will believe it. Uh, don't forget, we've got a 15-minute drama tease coming up at the end of this podcast featuring Peter Davison as the Fifth Doctor in the Heliax Rift. But before that, time to join the writer and producer of that story, Scott Hancock, as he chats to Doctor Who star Arthur Darville. Hello, my name is Scott Hancock and I am joined this afternoon by the lovely Arthur Darville. Hello. Hello. Welcome back to the Big Finish World. Thank you very much. We've just been saying how long it's been since the last one. I know. I just found my... So everyone writes their name on the wall here. and I found my name from the 8th of the 1st, 2014. Amazing. That's how time has flown. (laughs) You've been quite busy in the interim, haven't you? I have, yeah. Off to Canada for... For a long time. Doing Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah. And of course, uh, Big Finish listeners may know you uh, best as Rory and Doctor Who. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, which is how we met all those yes. years ago in happy old Cardiff. <laughs> Cardiff is actually a very happy place. It is. Yeah. I haven't been back for such a long time. Uh, I must I must go visit. I do love it there. It changes every time you go back. Yeah, The building I work is I know, incredibly fast-paced. But it feels like, I was saying this earlier on, it feels like an, another person. It feels like a lifetime ago that I was living there doing all that. Because when did you finish shooting? 2012? Yeah, it must, it must have been. Yeah. And yeah. you've been up to a, a hell of a lot since. I have, but like it was such a massive part of my life and all consuming when we were doing it. Like it's uh, and it feels like I've definitely joined a a family. You know, we all still hang out and see each other. And all the conventions I guess take you yeah. all over. I do love that. I I said I'd never do a convention when I was <laughs> But like all of us did because it was a slightly different thing when we when we would when we were filming. I, mm. They'd not become the, you know, these massive things that they are now. 
and actually after I did the first one just meeting people and you know you meet some amazing people and get to hang out with your mates like there's nothing bad about it and I guess when you're immersed in in filming I mean it, it does consume your life so yeah. why would you whilst you're immersed in that want to do yeah. give up more, more yeah, of no, your life abso- to it absolutely whereas now it's quite nice to revisit it. although people are you know people ask questions and are very you know so in, epi- in series 7 episode 3 you know all of those questions and I'm like I haven't I can't remember what happened I've not watched it since <laughs> do, you, do you miss it? Do you miss the character and, and I did, like, I suppose I do. Like I, re- it was such a massive learning curve to do it, um, and like you know, you throw yourself into it, and and I, I have such fond memories of doing it, and especially working with, you know, Alex and Matt and Karen for so long. Mm. You know, we really, we had a wonderful time, and all the crew, and you know, we didn't really know how lucky we were. I think. Um, so yeah, I you know I'm glad I'm not still doing it, because, and not because I you know I had a bad time, I had a really good time. But I think you know those those things have to come to an end in order for you know life to yes go out while on. you're enjoying it. Yeah, so. definitely. And that was what you know when me and Karen left, that was always our aim, and we were very um, we had a, a very open dialogue with the producers who had the same idea, luckily, which was that we wanted to go. When it was, you know, we never wanted to outstay our welcome on it, um, which I don't think we did, which was nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, I should say Nick Briggs, our lovely executive yes. producer, has certain questions he likes me to ask in the <laughs> podcast. I suppose we've already sort of established yeah. how we met yeah. on set. Though There's always that curious thing. I've, I remember when I first found out you lived in Birmingham. Yes. Or grew up in Birmingham. It's a good bond. And uh, we realised we grew up on the same street. Yeah. Isn't that mad? <laughs> Literally, but we must have seen each other loads when we were kids. Possibly walking to a what's sort of Sturchley Library yeah. or something like that. Yeah, really, really weird. Have and you then, been? Do you go back? I, 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 my, my family tease me and say I only go back for turkey and chocolate, which is Easter <laughs> and Christmas. I don't go back as often as I like. No, it's 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 weird, even though it's only a couple of hours away. Yeah, Birmingham is a different world. I went the other week, and I I do love it. I do love Birmingham. I, you know, I spent so long trying to leave, <laughs> um, and I th- you know, but I do. It does have a certain. I don't. Know, I suppose it's the same with any way people grow up or whatever. But I do. I do have a real fondness for for Birmingham. There's a proper chocolate box quality to Bourneville as well. Yeah, there is. It does literally smell of chocolate when you get there. Yeah. Um, I used to sit with my window open, my my bedroom window open in the summer. <laughs> you could just smell whispers. You know, wafting across the breeze. And I had a very weird discount for people who lived on Bourneville Village. We could just go down to Cadbury World and get a load of chocolate discount. That's great. Yeah. I, I wonder now why I've got so many fillings. Um, <laughs> well, I, I we can just talk about chocolate the whole time. I'm a real like I could eat chocolate every single day, and I don't because I'm you know wary of you know people always go oh you must hate chocolate then if you grew up with the smell of chocolate it's like well, no, no quite no. quite the opposite <laughs> and then the big finish world you sort of came into good few years ago we got you in i think first of all for a bernie summerfield thing playing yep. a, a giant cockroach yes classic um, typecast yeah well, I, I i never really asked because i was just grateful to you for coming <laughs> in and doing it but what did you make when you sort of read something like that and go okay that's well i love I all that know. stuff i love that stuff about audio dramas that you, that you, it's the okay, I love listening to them as well and it's the power of your own imagination that you can visualize all these things and play 
you know, you can play a giant cockroach, and the the challenge of making that sound convincing uh, is 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 wonderful. Is a wonderful one, and, and kind of similarly with you know all the other stuff that I've done. Like you, you can do a voice and and explore a character that you wouldn't normally necessarily play, mm. which I think has been quite. It's quite, you know, I quite like that about it. And uh, you came into Dark Shadows, and then uh, yeah. Frankenstein was the Frankenstein was the great. Big one. I just love that story as well. I was so over the moon when you asked me to do that. I just think, you know, well, I remember it was. I think it was at the rap party for. I think it was your leaving party in Cardiff. I don't remember it. And I remember. No, I'm not surprised. <laughs> but I, I, I remember you going. Oh, I'd love to play something. Yeah. Uh, completely different. Yeah. I always want to play horrible people. It's because I, for, for you, actually, no. To be honest, have I only? only I suppose because Rory was such a nice character. Before that, I'd only really played horrible people. I suppose, but particularly at that point in time, you were best known for playing a really yeah. nice. Yeah, and I'm very, you know, I'm very aware that I don't know. It's not that I get bored. What is it? I used to say, well, I get bored so easily. I don't get bored easily. I don't think. I think. I, I think that's a lie. I think I like the variety of uh, I. Of of being an actor of of taking on different roles, and, mm. you know, I'd never want to. I've been very lucky. Touching all the wood and loads of wood. I've been very very lucky not to be you know put in a box um, ever. I don't think or and and you know I've got to play lots of different. And it's not the the, the difference of being you know a nice person and a nasty person, but just you know the whole point of it is to explore different people and where they you know it's the psychology of it and well i say it was a very dark i mean it's a dark novel anyway but, yeah. but we really got to push the psychology of it because audio is so intimate yeah. and it was yeah i remember it was a challenging few days actually yeah, it was. but it was it was really rewarding i was thrilled with how it all came together yeah um i mean a great cast yeah it was great wasn't Riggs it? is the monster yeah. and uh terry malloy and yeah George and Jeffrey B. All these lovely people came in, and we recorded out of order, and nothing seemed to phase you, however much I tried to catch you off your guard. Thanks. I guess that's the nice thing about audio. You can come in and play completely different characters with different tones. I mean, yeah. I don't know how much we can say about today, but you've been in doing a Torchwood. Yeah. And obviously it's a character completely different from Rory again. Yeah. It's, uh, it's been good fun. It's been really good fun. He's not very nice, is he? <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> and there was that... I've just remembered that... Wonderful um, Radio Four thing we did with Sean Pertwee as oh, Oliver the Reed and you were, you were as, Keith, as Moon. Keith Moon. Yeah. That was great with Sam Hoyle. Yes, that lovely was Sam Hoyle. Really He's now exec on Doctor on Who. Doctor Who. Small she's world, brilliant. She is fantastic. Uh, I loved that. I that was really. I see Sean around occasionally. And we still reminisce about that. Um, is it weird playing a, a sort of real life person? Yeah, like that, that was the, I think that was the first time I'd had. Oh no, it wasn't. Well, it wasn't it wasn't the first time I had to do that, but the first time I had to do that so extensively. Um, I felt the pressure of it, actually, but I, you know, luckily there were audio recordings and videos of him. Mm. Um, and then, if, you know, you can't do necessarily just an impression. You have to... Channel the essence know, of channel it. Channel the essence yeah. of it, and then do you... Otherwise, you'll, you'll get hung up on all of that, and that's not the point. Um, you've got to just make it believable. But I, you know... And it was what I didn't realize, I didn't know about their relationship before, so that was an interesting thing to explore. Mm. Um, I know people like that as well. You know, there's, <laughs> there's people that turn up at the party and you go, oh, wow, this is, 
this is going to be an interesting evening. Yes. <laughs> and yeah, and, and, and it's lovely to have you back in Big Finish. Yeah. And uh, yeah, hopefully more to come down yes, the line. Yes, absolutely. But what else is going on in Arthur's World? What, what sort of TV or books or things are you enjoying at the moment? Yeah, what am I enjoying? Because you were talking a lot about your music earlier. Yeah, I'm doing a lot. I'm doing a lot of music at the moment, and I don't know if I'm going to say too much about it. I, I, no, I am. Uh, we, I've got a, got a band together because I used to be in bands and I write a lot of music for various things, um, and I found that if I don't block off time to actually do it, then it never gets done. So I've got you know all these songs that are half finished and bits of things all over the place that I've always kind of been desperate to do something with so I've finally got a band together and it's going really well and we're hopefully getting in the studio at the beginning of next year um, and gigging around more Um, but I'm really I'm really loving that and also like so many of the like I love I love what I do and I'm really lucky um, to be able to act um, and work but so much of it is dictated by other people mm. and, you know, them giving you the jobs, which is, you know, great. Uh, but you feel sometimes like you lack a bit of control. Mm. And I, uh, one of the reasons I'm doing more music at the moment is to feel like I've got more control over over stuff. And just to have, you know, full control over an artistic output um, rather than being, you know, a, a cog in, in the machine to be to be the machine <laughs> be the machine is that right why not to, yeah. yeah why not so i'm i'm really joy- I'm, I'm working with some amazing musicians um who i've wanted to work with for for ages and yeah it's i'm really enjoying that and i'm going back to do some more legends of tomorrow um in a couple of weeks and then I, i'm meant to be doing a play uh at the beginning of next year we're just trying to find uh trying to work out if that's definitely happening Very but exciting, if it so. does happen i'm really excited about it because i love the play i'm not allowed to talk about it yeah no very busy fairly busy <laughs> and at that moment i have james goss standing outside my booth giving a sign that it's probably time to say farewell and wrap <laughs> up um so on that note arthur thank you very much for joining thank us thank you very much it's a pleasure and uh, speak to you soon yes bye bye the very busy and very delightful arthur darvel their lovely chap and talking of loveliness, it's now time for us to activate the randomoid selectatron. Oh, this is exciting. And this is where we randomly select a release from the Big Finish archive, and then we have a little chat about it, a little riff, who knows. Uh, so now, okay, that epic music. So what have we got? We have got the Nicholas Courtney memoirs, A Soldier in Time. Oh. It's rather lovely part of the Big Finish Talks Back range, which is a series of lovely interviews. So yeah, Nicholas Courtney. Let's have a little clip of that. My involvement with Doctor Who began in early 1965. The BBC series was quite well established by then, and I must admit I enjoyed watching the programme as often there were stories related to historical events, which I particularly enjoyed. The late William Hartnell had made an impact as the Doctor, and had undoubtedly made a great contribution to the programme's initial success. My agent sent me along to meet a director of the series called Douglas Campfield, and he auditioned me for the part of Richard Coeur de Leon in a story dealing with the Crusades. 
I was more than interested, since history was always my favourite subject at school. Unfortunately, Douglas didn't think I was quite right for the part, and he cast Julian Glover in the role. However, I must have made some impression, because later that year, just after my holiday, he asked to see me again for a part in another Hartnell story, The Daleks' Master Plan. This time, I was successful. I was to play Space Special Security Agent Brett Vian, a sort of 007 of outer space, who only survived for four episodes until he was dispatched by his sister, Sarah Kingdom, played by Jean Marsh, John Pertwee's first wife. Bill Hartnell could be irascible at times, but he seemed to take a shine to me, probably because I come over as being so very English, which, despite the international and cosmopolitan influences on my life, indeed I am. I noticed that there's no trailer of it on the site. I'll do something about that and put a trailer up, I think. Um, Nicholas Courtney, this is well worth a listen. Um, I cannot speak highly enough about that old chap. I had so many lovely times with him. I may have told the story before, but it bears repeating uh, that um, my first encounter with Nick didn't go particularly well because I was nervous and shy and he was actually a very shy man as well and my nervousness and shyness sort of put him off as well and made him nervous and shy and it was when we did the myth makers interview the first one and I remember there was a terrible point during the day when we were both told to go and wait in it it was the first myth makers interview I did and I was I was really really nervous and it was the brigadier you know in front yeah. of me um, and we were both told to go and wait in the car while they did some other filming and um so I thought, oh, this will be a chance to chat to him and get to know him a bit better. And he got out the Daily Telegraph, which I think is still a broadsheet. It was certainly a broadsheet then. Huge newspaper, just put it up and basically disappeared behind a newspaper tent. <laughs> so I was unable to speak to him because he was hidden from view sitting next to me. Anyway, yeah, and well, the, the video was released and I bumped into him at a convention thinking, oh, he won't remember me or he won't want to talk to me. But he instead, he came and sought me out. He went, Nick, Nick, came over to me and greeted me like an old friend. He said, have you seen our video? Oh. And I said, oh, yeah. And he said, oh, you're marvellous. And he was so nice. Uh, and from then on, we became firm friends. And so years later, when we decided to extend the release from a half hour into a full hour, we went and filmed some more stuff at Rutland Water, where they filmed Battlefield. Oh, and we did a whole thing where I lampooned, you know, lampooned um, the the business in the car with the newspaper because... Uh, because Nick and I had become friends by then. And, you know, so I had him in the car with the newspaper, me saying, <laughs> you wouldn't speak to me at all. This is going, what? Sorry. And he was pretending not to want to speak to me again. <laughs> and also how he uh, just, um, uh, whenever you interviewed him about uh, William Hartnell, if you asked him about working with William Hartnell in private, he would tell you some terrible things. Um, uh, but in on the record, he'd always go, he was fine. He was fine. <laughs> fine. Um, so uh, I remember once at a convention, he was saying, you know, I was down to interview him. And I said, I'm not going to interview you, Nick, because you never you you never say anything. His favorite thing was to do autographs, you see. <laughs> That's what he said. Sit, sit me down with a pen. I meet people, say hello, have a chat, sign an autograph. I love it. I love it. He's, I think he I was said, the yeah, first but, person I ever encountered uh, at a convention, actually. 
I remember being re- I remember being really frightened of him because I thought it's the brigadier and because you just imagine somebody as they are but when meeting him I was really young at the time as well um I was completely new to the convention circuit he was so nice and like put like put you at ease and took some time to actually like talk to you which is really nice it's so, lovely and he was always lovely you know um he uh, the the thing about this convention when I wouldn't interview him he said no please I want you to interview me Nick because you know I feel at ease with you interviewing me and I was just really harsh and I was going no I had breakfast with him <laughs> at the convention I was going no no and he went no 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 please look Nick he said I promise I will say something interesting and I'll give you some good answers and I went oh all right so anyway I did the big introduction to this panel in front of hundreds of people and said the problem with Nick Courtney is he never says anything interesting and just gives me monosyllabic answers and Nick's sitting there sort of chortling to himself while I'm saying all this and I said for example you know I've been promised good answers today so what was it like what you know working with William Hartnell he said he, he was fine he was fine and I just went <laughs> look he's done it again he's done it again I said you promised me something interesting and he said here's something interesting here and he got this piece of paper out on stage and just gave it to me he said now read that to yourself and so I sort of sat there and the audience are thinking what's going on and I read it and then he was looking at me like oh is he oh. and uh, I sat and then I the the penny dropped about what it meant and I laughed out loud and then we had to explain to the audience what it was it was a letter it was a royalty statement and on the royalty statement it said this royalty is payable to Nicholas Courtney colon deceased uh, at this stage he was very much alive <laughs> and the, and we realized it had happened because obviously the uh, BBC or whoever had phoned up the agent and the agent, as agents do say, when a client has moved to another agent, they said, oh, he's no longer with us. Oh. <laughs> so they'd assumed that they were euphemistically referring to him having died. Oh, so when brilliant. they sent the cheque through, the statement said that he was deceased. <laughs> <laughs> so it was one of the... And he enjoyed the fact that he could see the penny dropping and me suddenly realising. And then we had a very good panel after that and a good old laugh. And it was one of the saddest moments of my life when he died. It was nice to go along to his uh, memorial service and Tom Baker came along and um, also David Tennant as well, which was very nice. Um, and I think that, yeah, maybe that was the first time that Tom and David met or maybe the only time I remember because I just started working with Tom Baker and I, I introduced David to Tom. Anyway, those are my Nick Courtney reminiscences. Um, yes, do have a look at this. It's a, it's a great... It's a great release and it's got loads of classic uh, Nicholas Courtney stories in it. Surely it has the eye patch story. I can't guarantee it, but surely he tells the eye the patch fam- story. The, the, the famous eye patch story. <laughs> well, I think it's a lovely way as well. You can sit down with a Doctor Who legend uh, and have a cup of tea and listen to him tell some stories. And what better way to, uh, to spend an afternoon? So the Nicholas Courtney memoirs, A Soldier in Time. And you can get that from the Big Finish website. So that was it then. That was it for Ran. Ran always uh, delivering the goods there and giving us a nice, warm, lovely, uh, some lovely stories there, Nick. Uh, and so cheers, Ran. You, you've, you've pulled a blinder. <coughs> and subsequently is choking me to death. <laughs> uh, you pulled Yes, a- uh, as Benji Clifford deceased. Yes, put that on the royalty statement. Uh, Thank you. (laughs) 
And so, as the podcast submerges beneath the sea of acid, dissolving into a small amount of strangely orange powder, there's just time for Nick to give us a roundup of all the latest releases available to tingle your ear things here at BigFinish.com. Here we go. At a Girl, our first Big Finish original, a superb drama about the women auxiliary pilots of World War II, created and directed by Louise Jameson, uh, packed with superb scripts and performances. Blake Seven, Crossfire Part 3, the final part of our latest Blake Seven saga with the evil Federation in turmoil. There's a free excerpt of the Tenth Doctor Chronicles, Last Chance, with Jacob Dudman on top narrating form and being the Tenth Doctor as well. Tales from New Earth, Going Down a Storm, brilliant adventures with the characters and scenarios created by Russell T. Davis. Russell the Davis. Uh, Sherlock Holmes, the master of Blackstone Grange. My mate Richard Earl and I are back on the trail of wrongdoing as the great detective and his trusty biographer. Uh, the Omega Factor Series 3. Spooky supernatural case solving with evil brewing not far beneath the surface and owls probably in this return to the great 1970s BBC series updated to the present day and that's your lot thank you very much nick fantastically done as well now any moment we'll be delving into the heliax rift with peter davison as the doctor but before we do that shall we record a little trailer of the old podcast oh yeah let's do that Available now from Big Finish, the Big Finish podcast, released on the 8th of April 2018. Lots of goodies for you here in this podcast as we look at the Fourth Doctor Series 7 with a lovely little preview. And Iron Bright, uh, a Sixth Doctor story. We debut the trailer for the Time War 2, or just Time War 2 without the the. We're just that crazy. Also, I do a little bit of a tease for the uh, Big Finish original, The Human Frontier, which I'm writing at the moment. It's a very early tease. It's very teasy-weezy-weezy. We love a teasy-weezy cup of tea. Uh, We also have an interview (laughs) with Arthur Darville. How exciting is that? And the drama tease is the Heliax Heliax Rift, if I could say it, part one, uh, starring Peter Davison. And also um, um, uh, uh, Blake, what's his name, Harrison? Blake Harrison. Yes, Blake Harrison, who you probably know from the Inbetweeners. Absolute love the Inbetweeners. What do you think? um, What do you think about that? I think it's wonderful. I think it's going to be an absolutely stunning podcast. Well, we know we've done it. Well, we've done it exactly, and I, I think everybody will love it. Why not? Why not give it a go? Look forward to (laughs) listening with you. What? I don't know. Bye. (laughs) Right then. Uh, a time for Doctor Who, The Heliax Rift by Scott Hancock, starring Peter Davison. Here's a 15-minute tease. Chummy said, huh? Not like they can feel anything. And they won't feel anything ever again if you don't get a move on. Even so. You ready? Yeah. On three. One, two. Oh. Oh. 
There we go. Get it strapped in, I'll start the engine. Sure. You all good back there? Yeah, let's get out of here. Please, if everyone could just calm down. We have the matter in hand. This is a routine operation. There is no need for any concern. I thought I issued orders to secure the area. Uh, the perimeter has been cleared, sir. We're just in the Cleared boat. isn't the same as secured, Private. I want these civilians off site in the next five minutes. Security cannot be compromised. You understand me? Uh, yes, sir. Sorry, sir. You too, with me. Sorry, folks. I'm afraid we're going to have to ask you to leave. It's for your own safety, please. There's nothing to see here. If you can all just move along now. One day I'll have to remind them to keep breathing. Come on now, that's it. You've all got homes to go to. Corporal Maxwell, any news? Not yet, Colonel Price, sir. It took us longer than we expected to get the equipment up and running. It's working now, yeah? Yes, sir. Absolutely. We've managed to filter out all the noise and get a track on the signal. Not sure what it is yet. Do you think it might be alien? I don't think it's of terrestrial origin, certainly. Best to be on our guard. Yeah. Thank you, Corporal. Oh. What is it? The signal we've been tracking. It seems to be moving. That's it. Closer now. Closer. Where are you? Morning! Oh! Good morning. Um, nice day for a stroll. Is it? Isn't it? I suppose so. Not raining, at least. Surprised you got up here, if I'm honest. Oh? Well, you know, those army fellows blocking everywhere off. The army? At least I think they're army. Lots of guns and uniform, anyway. You must have passed them down there. Oh, yes, them, of course. Uh, um, I don't suppose you know what they're doing here. Your guess is as good as mine. Oh, come on, boy. Nice to have met you anyway. Look after yourself. Uh, and you. The army here. That can't be good. Now then, let's see, where were we? Oh, no, 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 it can't be. Um, excuse me, about your dog. What's it doing now? It appears to be changing direction, sir. I see. Which direction? Um, now heading south, southeast. So whatever it is, it's getting closer. Greyhound leader to all the units, this is Price. Intelligence suggests that the target is relocating. Currently heading south, southeast. All available units are to converge and sweep the area. This is a priority alert. There is a potential alien hostile in the area. Repeat, we have a potential alien hostile. That's right. Time we got home now. Excuse me, madam. Uh, one moment. Oh, you again. Me again. So sorry. I was just wondering. Yes? How long have you lived around here? All my life. Why? Oh, no reason. Good creep. What is that thing? Hmm? Oh, unfamiliar with advanced technology. Not you, after all, then. Oh, now that is interesting. What is? Had this dog long, have you? Seven years now. Why? No reason. Seems a friendly sort. What's his name? Scrapper. Not my choice. We said the children could name him, but they didn't know any better. And do you know where he came from? Of course. 
Why do you ask? Are you a veterinarian or something? Me? Good heavens, no. Still, uh, hello, Scrubber. There's a good boy. You're a long way from home, aren't you? Not that far. Though he does like a little runabout. Oh, I'm sure he does. Now then. Oh. Third time lucky, it seems. Eh? Not you or your dog, but this. Attached to the collar. See? What's that? You're telling me you don't know. Never seen it before. Some kind of tag, is it? Something like that, yes. Where did he get it? That's what I'd like to know. Do you mind if I keep it? It's not ours. Do what you want with it. Thank you. I promise I'll take good care of it. And uh, thank you, Scrapper. You're a very good dog now, aren't you? Yes, you are. But, uh, uh wait a moment. Oh, and uh, you're a very good uh, human, too. Have a wonderful day. Sir, it's moving again. Continue to monitor. Let me know if it changes sector. Sir. Greyhound 12 to track 3. Do you receive me? Over. Receiving loud and clear, Greyhound 12. What is your status? Over. We think we found something, sir. A police box. He's just standing in the middle of the woods. We thought it might be him. Over. Great. Message received and understood. Have it sent back to Mobile HQ. Note my previous order. We now have confirmation of extraterrestrials in the area. Priority alert. Repeat. Priority alert. Over. Priority alert. Confirmed. Orders received and understood. Out. Police box. That's all we need. Now then. I thought I shouldn't be too much further. Let's see if we can get you properly analysed and maybe we'll get some answers. Halt! Don't move! Oh, that's all I need. Hands in the air! Now! Yes, 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 all right. Hands in the air, there we go. I should probably tell you that I'm unarmed. We guessed you probably would be, Doctor. You know who I am? Ah, unit, of course. Well, that makes things a great deal easier. At ease, gentlemen, I need your help. Help? Yes, as your scientific advisor, I imagine I still possess a modicum of authority, no? No. Oh. That's disappointing. I mean, I was never on staff as such, but nonetheless... Are you absolutely certain? Fairly certain, yes. Right. Well, this isn't playing out exactly as I'd hoped. Greyhound 12 to Trap 3, over. Trap 3 receiving. Have you secured the police box? Over. Police box has been secured and it's on its way to you. Over. Oh, no. Good work, Greyhound 12. Alert all units. The alien may still be at large. Advise vigilance at all times. Over. Understood. Though we already have the alien in our custody. Request formal course of action. Over. Escorted to trap three. Bring the doctor here. Out. Doctor, you will accompany us back to Mobile HQ immediately. If you refuse or attempt to escape, we are authorised to employ force. Hmm. Of course you are. You all right back there? I'm fine, Dad. Stop fussing. It's not doing anything. Shouldn't be too much longer. Good afternoon. This is the Morden Clinic. How can we help you today? It's us. We got that patient you wanted. From the woods. 
Best not waste any time then. Not long now, son. Good. Because it's starting to stink in here. Jennifer Harrison speaking. Relax. It's only me. Morris has just reported in. They're pulling up now to complete the drop-off. And did they get what you were after? I very much hope so, yes. How long do you think you'll need to get going? Oh, you know me. I'm ready when you are. Good. I'll have the patient sent up to you immediately. Thank you, Jennifer. No, thank you. You're the one paying me weekends. Hello, Dr. Harrison here. We have a visitor. Make sure everything's prepped and ready to go, please. We can't risk any further delays. Thank you. Oh. Oh. Well, this is all terribly civilised, isn't it? Guns and orders and shoving. It's almost like I've never been away. I don't suppose there's a chance of a cup of tea. It's been quite the trek. Walsh. Sir? Get a brew on, there's a good man. Uh, milk, two sugars. Stirred, not shaken. Sir? Just do as he says. Oh, and tell Hopkins I have a job for him. I'll be over there shortly. Yes, sir! Hmm. So, your unit's infamous scientific advisor, are you? Indeed I am, Lieutenant Colonel. Price, commanding officer. Oh, so you're the latest. I'm delighted to make your acquaintance, Lieutenant Colonel. Just Colonel is sufficient. Ah. Just to be clear... You're not actually here in any official capacity, Doctor. Uh, not to my knowledge, no. What can I say? Old habits die hard. That wasn't a question, Doctor, I'm telling you. You have no function here. In fact, you may have already compromised our operation. Oh? And what might that Never be? Never you mind. We've wasted enough of our resources tracking your signal while Goose Chase doesn't even begin to cover it. And men out there all... Uh, wait, wait a moment. I'm sorry. What do you mean, my signal? We picked up an unidentified signal emanating from the woodland early this morning. Seems to be of non-terrestrial origin. Oh, hello. I didn't see you there. Corporal... Linda Maxwell, on attachment from signals. Yes, you, you, you don't seem like the regular unit type. <laughs> Why? Because I'm a woman? Uh, oh, no, 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 not at all. I meant because I'm... Uh, uh, well, you, you know, you're not just uh, another soldier. Is that supposed to be less offensive? Oh, uh, I... Uh... Stop digging, Doctor. We've been receiving reports on and off for months now. Suggested UFO activity in the vicinity, though nothing we could substantiate. Until today. Indeed. When you turned up. Quite the coincidence. Isn't it? You're wrong, of course. The signal's not mine at all. Rather, it's what brought the TARDIS here. Looks like I may have saved you time. I tracked the signal all the way back here, Doctor. Sorry, but... We already know it's you. Oh, you don't know a thing. Uh, no offence. Uh, true. Uh, you would have followed the signal back with me, but that doesn't mean I sent it. Rather, I got there first. See? Discrete transmitter. I found it on a rather lovely collie out on the hills. The owner had no idea how it got there, and we still don't know where it came from. I was actually on my way to run some tests when your men... Yeah, it's all right. I get the idea. Maxwell... I'll start re-scanning the local area, sir. See what I can find. Good work. This is Greyhound Leader to all units. Resume your search. The Doctor is in our custody, but there's a likelihood of additional extraterrestrials in the area. 
All units remain on high alert. Over and out. That really isn't necessary, you know. I can handle this. As soon as our tea's arrived, I'll be out of your hair. Must I remind you that you have no official role here, Doctor? For as long as unit are in charge of this operation, I can't let you out of my sight. As a civilian, I'm not entirely sure you're able to stop me. Perhaps not. But as our scientific advisor, I can still have you arrested for desertion of duty. Whichever way you choose to play this, Doctor, you're not going anywhere. Come with me. How's it looking? Uh, fine, I think. Hard to tell, you know, what with it being uh, foreign. Alien is not a dirty word, Morris. You can say it. Uh, of course. Well, I'm sorry. But uh, well, still. And it's just the one this time, yes? As far as we could tell, it was pretty dark in there. No sign of any strays, though. Good. And did anyone see you? Do we ask how you do your job? Samuel! No. Nobody saw us. There were soldiers not long after mine. Soldiers? Setting up roadblocks. Probably just manoeuvres again or something. Hmm. Or maybe they're finally waking up to what's going on here. Either way, we all have work to do and we can't keep this one waiting. I'll let Dr. Harrison know you're here. Get it inside. You weren't just going to leave it out here, were we? Hey, less of your cheek, boy. She's the governor, for goodness sake. Now come on. Put your back to it. Let's get this thing Come in. Sir, you wanted to see me? No, I wanted you to see this man. Oh? Hopkins, this is the Doctor. At least we presume it's the Doctor. For all we know, it could be one of his associates playing for time. Oh, come now, really? I'd like to use your expertise to determine whether he is who he says he is. Right, uh, I see. Well, um, <clears throat> uh, Doctor, if you wouldn't mind taking a seat. Since you asked nicely, Surgeon Lieutenant. Uh, just Lieutenant, thanks. I was never in the Navy. If you could remove your coat. Of course. <clears throat> While you're doing that, I'll just pop this in your ear. Quite an advanced thermometer for the time period. If I'm when I think I am. Oh. Not good. Body temperature of uh, 31 degrees. Centigrade. Don't worry, I don't have hypothermia. If you could just raise your pullover. Now, breathe in. And out. And in. And out. You've been listening to a Big Finish production. Ba-dum-ba-doo. <laughs>